the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. All right, be turning to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. We're concluding our series in February entitled, God's Perfect Love. And the message this morning is entitled, Perfect Love, Perfect Justice. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Paul writes, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his Great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Uh, This is foundational to our sermon on God's perfect love. Uh, The most foundational truth about God's love is that it is based on God's grace and truth. You know, I was, I was, uh, I had a privilege of, of visiting uh, London, and had I had that one of those red bus tours of the entire city, and uh, of course, the main focal point, if you want to tour London, you want to see Buckingham Palace, and uh, one of the one of the strangest experiences I've ever had, you know, is going around the streets of London, going back to Buckingham Palace several times in that bus. And you'll notice that there are times when you are in the bus and it passes through Buckingham Palace. There's hardly anybody there. 
you know. And then you come around and you pass that area again and you see a lot of people gathered. So I tried to find out what's going on. How come sometimes there's so many people gathered on the gates of Buckingham Palace and other times there aren't anybody? Then I discovered that before you go to Buckingham Palace, make sure that the Union Jack, the British flag, is flying on the top of the palace. Because that's an indication that the queen or the king is in the house. And therefore, when the flag, the Union Jack is flying, people know automatically the king is there or the queen is there, and they gather outside to get a glimpse of the monarchy. So that's why sometimes there's nobody there because the flag's not hoisted up and there's nobody there. I thought that was a, a, an excellent picture of... Uh, that illustrates the love of God. Like that flag that flies on top of the palace indicates the presence of the monarch. It is the love of God in our hearts that is the indicator that we possess that perfect love from God. Okay? So love is an indicator that God is present in our hearts. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, another sermon on love. I mean, don't you, don't you get this every Sunday? Don't we preach about the love of God all the time? What is there to be known about the love of God that we don't already know yet? Well, quite a bit. Plenty. There's plenty of things uh, that the love of God represents. In fact, um, the subject of love, of God's love particularly, is probably the most misunderstood and one of the most abused subject when it comes to discussing the nature and the character of God's love. People just don't have a concrete understanding biblically of what it means to understand the love of God. In fact, you will hear people, even Christians, say, well, you know, God is all about love and that's it. You will hear people say that. You know, this, this agape love of God is, is, is so, um, so wide and so, uh, you know, powerful that we can't help but to say when you talk about God, you must only talk about that perfect love of God as you experience it yourself. Okay, you hear people say, you know, God is love and that's all there is to know about God. Because God is love, there's nothing else about that love that we ought to know and understand. But if we, if we take that kind of attitude towards the love of God and take it to its logical conclusion, what's going to happen is this. When you say that God is love, period, when God is all about love and nothing else, the logical conclusion is that it doesn't matter what any one of us believes. If God is love and that's it, then it doesn't matter how we believe, what we believe, why we believe. Those things won't matter. It wouldn't matter how we behave. Because in our minds, God is love. God loves me. He's going to sort everything out in the end. And therefore, my behavior and my beliefs do not matter because God is love, period. It doesn't matter what religion we pick as long as we're convinced that God's Love is perfect, and that's all there is to that. doesn't matter what any one of us believes. It doesn't matter how much, how, what our behaviors are. It doesn't matter what religion we choose. 
It doesn't matter what laws we make. If God is truly love, period, it doesn't matter. These things don't matter at all. It doesn't matter what laws we make, what laws we obey, and what laws we disobey. And more importantly, if God is love, period, then it wouldn't matter how we treat one another. It really would not. None of these things will matter because God sorts everything out in the end. And because he is love, period, he does not have to be holy and to exercise any kind of judgment. And so you'll see that, that to say that God is love and God is love, period, we endanger ourselves into thinking that God's love disqualifies him from being a judge. God's love is perfect, but that perfect love produces perfect judgment as well. So at the heart of the gospel is not the question of whether God is love. The real question is how God expressed that love and how we express that same love to one another. Okay, so here, here it is. This is what we've been talking about for the last four Sundays. Okay, what does it mean to know and express the love of God? Number one, God's love, this Perfect love is expressed in grace and truth. God expresses his love through grace and truth. That's the expression of God's love. Now remember, and I said this before and I say it many, many times before, many, said it many, many times before, God's greatest gift to humanity is not his love. Now, God's nature is love, but His greatest gift to humanity, and I think every single one of us should pay attention to this, to this truth. God's greatest gift to humanity is not love, okay? It's His Word. And, and if you stop and pause, when God says, I am love, what does that mean? It means we receive grace from God because we receive truth from God. Now, what does it mean to receive grace and truth? It says it there in the scriptures, John 1.14. The Bible says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. His perfect love is given to us in His perfect Word. And His perfect Word is not a philosophy it's not a teaching it's not a doctrine it's not a theological perspective it's the person of jesus very important because the only way we can express that same love to god and to others is if we understand how god gave us his word and his word is jesus and jesus came full of grace and truth that's what we've been talking about these past few sundays what did he give us? He gave us the word. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? Did he give his love? No, he gave his word. Love was God's motivation to give us Jesus. Very important. And I think people will, you know, easily, easily dismiss the fact that in order to access the love of God, we need to access his grace and his truth. Jesus is the word of God that has been given to us. So the greatest gift that God has given to humanity is not his love. It's his word. And what motivates God to give 
is his word. And so that's how we process this thing in our own lives. We recognize his grace and his truth. The truth of his word and grace and truth are the vehicles or the tools for which God proves his love is in us. We recognize this grace and this truth as the, the, the main telltale signs that the love of God is indeed in us. In other words, the presence of God's grace and the truth indicates the presence of his love in our hearts. The cent- this is central to un- our understanding of the gospel. If you don't know what the gospel is, pay close attention uh, to the points of the sermon. The question we're going to answer this morning is, how do we know that the love of God, that the, the love we possess is true, a true indicator of that God is present? So, you know, you can fake this. Anybody can say, I, got, I have the love of God in, in my life. You know, we, we all do that, you know. You know that, 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 that uh, 99.9% of the things that you can do as a Christian, you can do in the flesh. You don't know what I'm telling you this morning is coming from what not, right? And neither do I know what your motivations are. But, 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 but the disqualifier of all of those wrong motivations is the presence of the love of God in our hearts. And we can see it. God did not hide his love. Neither can we hide it. If we have it, it's just like that flag that's being hoisted. People will see it right away and they'll be attracted to it. They'll be attracted to God and you'll see the attraction. So the question is again, how do we know that the love we possess is a true indicator that God is present? There are three realities that we're going to talk about this morning. Necessary to apprehend the love of God. Now, I use the word apprehend a lot because when I, when I use the word comprehend, you know, I get scared myself. There's a lot of things that the Word of God says that we cannot comprehend, but we can apprehend the concept, okay? For example, the Bible, the Bible doesn't use the word Trinity. So people will say, well, the Bible doesn't use the word Trinity. Why do you believe in the Trinity? You can't comprehend the word because it isn't there. You can't comprehend the concept, but you can apprehend it. You know, we can catch it. So there are three realities that we can apprehend that proves or shows that the love of God is in us. Number one, if you're taking notes, if you have a a bulletin this morning, first reality that shows that we are understanding the love of God is this, that we recognize that we were once alienated from God. Not a single person in this room can testify to the presence of God's love in their heart unless first you and I recognize that once we are alienated from God. Nobody gets saved without recognizing that. Okay? Look at verses 1 to 3 again. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, that's the devil, and the spirit who is now at work in those who, who are disobedient. Versely, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Underline the last phrase. We are all deserving of wrath. If God is loving, period, no one will deserve his wrath. But the Bible clearly says 
all of us are deserving of God's wrath. No one will ever become a Christian and experience the love of God or express the love for God and demonstrate God's love unless we first recognize that at one point in our lives, we were separated from God. No one is born a Christian. Can I hear an amen on that one? Although a lot of people, I hear a lot of people, you know. I was born in a Christian home, that therefore I'm a Christian. No, you're not. No one is born a Christian. Jesus says you must be born again. You'll never see us baptize children in our church because it makes no sense. We dedicate children to the Lord. But when we dedicate your children to the Lord, what you're really doing is you're dedicating yourself to teach your children so that when they come to their own volition, they will accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's, that's pure and simple. I'm not saying that you've been baptized as a child, uh, that that doesn't count for anything. I don't know if it counts or not. But all I know is that when, when I was baptized as a child, and I, you know, I don't know anything about it when I grew up. So no one's born a Christian. We all must be born again. Volitionally coming to faith in Jesus. Believe me, none of, we are all tainted by sin. Believe me, my parents never taught me to lie. I figured it out myself and I loved it. So did you. The verses that we just read indicate our separation from God. It says in the New Testament, not just this passage, but it gives us three telltale signs that we are alienated from God. Okay, Pastor, you said that we must recognize that we were once alienated from God. So what are those signs that, 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 that shows that we were, in fact, alienated from God? It's all in our text. Number one, the Bible says in our passage that we follow the ways of the world. Now, this is how we were before we became Christians. We tend to adjust our convictions to popular culture, to cultural trends and ideas, to sec secular wisdom. Before I encountered the gospel, now listen very carefully, I was alienated from God and I followed the ways of this world. Worldly. Worldliness. You know? I mean, we see this even in the church today. How, how many things of the world we try to incorporate inside the church, and that's just wrong. We're supposed to be separated from the world. And you know what? We can't be separated from the world unless we recognize that we're alienated from God, and God has to bring us to Him, back to our relationship with Him. And that's what happens when we are born again. Secondly, we know we're separated from God because not only did we follow the ways of the world, we follow the ways of the devil. The prince and the ruler of this world, okay? We practice false spirituality. Do you know that Satan's expertise is to cause us to fake our spirituality? And how does he do that? He would have an explanation for anything and everything. He doesn't believe in the supernatural. Well, he does, but technically the way he deceives people is to come up with an explanation of everything that happens. That's how cunning, the Bible says, the devil is. His primary weapon is to deceive people into thinking that there is always a natural explanation or physical or social explanation to everything that happens in our lives. Why do people kill? Believe me, the world and the devil, they have an answer to why people kill. 
oh, you know, because society does this. We have systemic whatnot, right? That's what you hear all the time. You know, a lot of people rob stores and they kill and they commit murder because they're a victim of society. That's not what the Bible teaches. We are tainted with sin and separated from God. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what God says. And you may not like the way that's being presented, but believe me, at the end of this sermon, you you and I will understand why God gave His Word. So, you know, he, he, the devil comes up with all kinds of explanations. No matter what it is, economic explanation, social explanation, um, you know, uh, judicial explanation as to why people kill and steal and destroy. Those are the trinity of Satan's activities in the world. To kill, to steal, and destroy. The devil will never, ever take credit for w- the bad things that are happening. I mean, for, for, forget about that. He'll never take credit for that. He will always come up with some kind of explanation. And you know, if you're finding yourself, every time something bad happens, every time you see certain things, and you start saying, you know, oh, maybe there's an explanation to this. Maybe we need to fix this or fix that. No, the first thing that got to get fixed is what's inside the person. It's what's inside the heart. And the third telltale sign is that we follow the ways of the flesh. I think I alluded to that already. We surrender easily to the desires of the physical senses. Now this we can relate. Before I became a Christian, you know, my desires are not spiritual desires. They're all uh, geared towards the appetite of the flesh. So that's how we know. These are the signs that we are alienated from God. We serve the world, we serve the devil, and we serve the flesh. It's simple as that. We're alienated from God and that His love for us, although always present, is not experienced or expressed. Then, once we recognize our alienation from God, listen, God's love draws us by His Holy Spirit. So the first thing that's got to happen to recognize whether the love of God is in the inside of us, His perfect love is in the inside of us, is that we recognize that we're alienated from Him. And once we make that step of accepting and acknowledging that we're alienated from God and exercise faith, God then begins to draw us closer and closer to that place of conviction. He convinces us to respond in faith. All we do is respond, loved ones. Once you and I recognize that we have a need for God because we're separated from Him, God draws us by faith. He helps us, drawing us near. You know, I I talk to a pastor and says, oh, there's nothing you can do about it. About, you know, you, you can't exercise your faith. You're doomed not to believe in God. Don't believe that stuff. The Holy Spirit is here and He's convicting people. Why is He convicting people? So you exercise your Faith. Faith is a response to what God is showing us through His Word, through His grace, through His truth. We need to respond by faith. Look at, look at uh, this, this passage in John chapter 6, verse 44. Jesus said, No one can come to me unless my Father who sent me draws. The word is helkuo, urging us on, pushing us toward, wooing us. That's the word. Drawing us to Him, and I will raise Him up at the last day. That means the Holy Spirit is convicting us to, resp- to respond in faith to God. 
What happens when we recognize that we are alienated from God? The next thing that happens is this. When we recognize God's grace and truth, and, that we, and then we are convicted by the Spirit, when we respond in faith in that, to that conviction, we are then, number two, regenerated and made alive in Christ. That's the second thing that happens. Look at verses 4 to 6 of our text. But because of His great love for us, remember we are deserving of wrath because we're separated from God. We all deserve the wrath of God. This loving God will pour His wrath on people that He loves. And I'll explain that a little bit later. It says, but because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by faith, it is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, in Christ we have been what? Born again, regenerated, once dead in our sins, now made alive. That new regenerated us is now able to recognize that we are saved. We understand our salvation because we understand the demonstration of God's love that has been given to us. There are two critical truths that we must grasp in order to be sure we're saved, okay? Two things. If you want to know you're truly saved, there are two things that we need to really grasp. Number one, it was grace and truth that saves us, not God's love. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.